Hello and welcome to Post to Post. It is December 24th. It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, this is the last podcast of 2017, podcast number 28. Uh, very close to 30. I, I remember doing podcast number 20 and saying, I'll see you at 30. And thinking that was a long time away. And now we're almost at 30. Are we not doing one next Sunday? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's the day before. You're right. So this is, this is the second to last. This is the penultimate podcast You're right. of 2017. I apologize. The last, the last podcast before Christmas there is you maybe go. the better sentence to say. There you go. Because Christmas is tomorrow, guys, and uh, if you're listening to this on Christmas, maybe not everyone listens to it the night that it's uh, released, so if you are listening to it on Christmas, Merry Christmas. I hope Merry you're having Christmas. a great day. Hopefully Santa found you and gave you lots of presents, and uh, you were able to connect with some family, whether in, not everyone lives in the family lives in the same city and stuff, so it's hard, and if you had, had to travel and fly home, hope you made it safe and uh, weren't stranded by weather. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, uh, NHL-related, so it's not going to be a laid-back Christmas version. Uh, there's too much to talk about in the NHL, so uh, we got to stick with the trend of, of lots of hockey talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, on my list today is, uh, I'm going to talk some Vegas, milestones, uh, Oilers, some rumors, the, so talk about some rookies, uh, a video that we recently did, the contest, which... Uh, has not technically released when I'm saying this, but will when you listen to this. Uh, we're going to talk some Penguins, we're going to talk some Standings, and some other non-hockey-related stuff. Cool. And on your list, I think you have some interesting Vegas stories, mm-hmm. and maybe a few other things as well. Some interesting Vegas stories, and uh, I think an interesting take from Mark Shifley on his six most feared players in the NHL. Oh. Interesting that, stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that, because I, I don't know that story. Uh, but Vegas is first on my list. <coughs> Excuse me. And I have just a few things to, to go through here. A couple stats. And first, the Vegas Golden Knights have not lost a game since December 1st. Mm-hmm. At home, I think. At home. At home. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't write that down, but it was in my mind. Currently, they are the second best team in the NHL. That's right. The second best team in the NHL. And and the only team better than them is Tampa, who is killing everybody. It's like, I can't believe I just said that sentence <laughs> eight months ago. Uh, wow. I, I, I would have never predicted this. And the Hockey News last Wednesday released the power rankings. <coughs> Guess yeah. where they are? First? First. Right Interesting. Here. Number one. They have the best home record in the NHL. Tied with Tampa, actually. 15-2-1. So... We watched a, a Vegas game, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. We watched that last night, and uh, the crowd was quite rowdy, so I have a feeling that they have something to do with that impressive record. No one on the team is in the top 35 of points in the league. Like, usually one player from every team is kind of breaks that top 30 or top 40, mm-hmm. uh, but no one on the Vegas Golden Knights is above 35. What's that tell you? It's a very distributed team. Yeah, everybody's uh, mm-hmm. contributing evenly. Well, not evenly, but, you know, pretty much. Uh, they're getting uh, contributions from all lines. Uh, everyone's bought into the system. There's lots of chemistry throughout the team, not just between just a couple of players, like on a few teams. Uh, I think that's that's a Stanley Cup caliber mm-hmm. trait. Yep. Which is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. expansion team. Gerard Gallant is a genius. Mm. That's what that means. Yep. Uh, the person with the most points on the team is Marcheseau so, with uh, eight, or, or sorry, he's in 38th with 32 points. Oh, man, oh, man. <coughs> oh, I've got a frog in my throat today. 
So speaking of, of Vegas, the game that we watched last night, there's we have a lot of things to, to, to say. First of all, the Vegas Golden Knights fans are probably the loudest and most interactive fans in the league right now. Maybe outside of Nashville, because Nashville's, their fans are pretty pretty rowdy. Mm-hmm. But the Vegas Golden Knight fans last night were so, in, they, were, they were dancing, they were yelling, they were cheering when, and like you go to some hockey markets and little important things on the ice happen like a takeaway and nobody cheers. But you go into a hockey market like Toronto and there's a takeaway and the home team notices and they cheer because they're like avid hockey fans. Yeah, and they see all the little nuances exactly. in the game that ordinary fans... There was a lot of that last night in Vegas, mm-hmm. which is a huge compliment to a city that's never had hockey before outside of, I think they had an ECHL team once or whatever, but... Yeah. Lower tier. Uh, it's, that's a huge compliment. So the fans have, have not only had taken an interest in, in supporting a new team, but genuinely has taken an interest in understanding the rules. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of new hockey fans in that arena. So they're, they appreciate the little things in the game already mm-hmm. halfway through a season in their first year. So that's, that's really cool to see. I, I really like that. Now I'm going to complain about something <laughs> and here's something that they might not know. I see. I, bu- I butter them up with a, a co- lots of compliments before because yeah. I knew this was coming. In hockey, there is a code, and 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 with fighting. So if someone wants to go, you kind of you, you almost have to go with them. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to you have to have a little tussle. It's the code, and you need to respect even it doesn't matter who wins who her who loses. Uh, you respect the guy. Give them a pat afterwards. It's the code. There's also a code in the with the fans. Should be not related to fighting, mm-hmm. but. There's a lot of little things that fans need to do to respect each other. One of the things is to, number one, don't leave your seat or go to your seat during the play. Wait for a whistle. And a lot of arenas, the the people managing the aisles, there's a name for them, I can't. Ushers. Yeah, ushers. They won't even actually let you go down the staircase until the play has stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw so many people last night in the Vegas, it was terrible. Vegas game. All the fans, they were just like leaving their seats halfway through a, a play, and it's like... That's, the, I don't know if it's disrespectful, but it's on the brink of being disrespectful. Well, I think it's inconsiderate of the other inconsiderate, fans. Inconsiderate, that's a better word, yeah. Because when you're walking up the aisle or even standing up in your seat to go to or from your seat, or you're bothering other people, for one thing, yeah. and then when you walk up the aisle, you're bothering other people because you're getting in their way. Yeah. They're trying to see the game. They've paid lots of money for the seat that they're using, mm-hmm. and then you're in their way. And that also applies if you're the... Uh, six foot six uh, tool who's standing <laughs> right along the boards banging on the glass all the time. And, and that's the other thing. There's, a, I've never seen so many ba- uh, glass bangers. It's it's weird. It, like hundreds of glass bangers. <laughs> it was it was insane. And I understand, you know, they're exuberant. They're excited and stuff. Uh, but you don't need to bang the glass every time the puck enters the zone. <laughs> no. Like they were spending more time banging on their glass than they were sitting down in their seat. Uh, bang on the glass when there's a fight in front of you or a big check in front of you or something like that. You don't need to bang on the glass because... (laughs) Bang on the glass is a form of applause. You know, if you have something happen, like you say, something cool happens right in front of you on the ice, bang on the glass like, oh, good job, guys, you know, bang away, that's fine. Yeah. But to stand there and just... You don't just bang on the glass because players are near you. You don't bang on the glass because the glass is there. Yeah. Let's just... Let's just tone it down on the glass banging. <laughs> Let's Please. Bring it down a couple of notches. Uh, 
and and the standing up like you mentioned the people in the front row standing up and not sitting down even when they weren't banging on the glass uh was was that was to me in my opinion that was disrespectful to the people sitting behind them the people in the front row have the best seat in the arena they're the only people in the whole arena who don't need to stand yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> and they're the ones who are standing up. And when yeah. they do that, it makes the people behind them have to stand up so yep. they can still see what they're, they've paid to see. Mm -hmm. And then it's a chain reaction right to the back. And I understand there's an alcohol factor in this <laughs> <laughs> because liquor is served at, at uh, all NHL venues, I believe. I don't think there's any arena out there that doesn't serve I hope alcohol. Not. And another thing, too, if, if you're getting served, if you're in Sunrise, Florida, or Glendale, Arizona, or Canada, Ontario, and you're getting some uh, pops, you're not getting very many because you're driving home for an hour. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Las Vegas, a lot of the people who are at that game are just staggering down the street to their hotel, so they or, don't need to worry about that. Or they're warming up for a, <laughs> a later event. Yeah, just, yeah, it's... Uh, Could be. I understand that it's Sin City and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, just uh, try to if you're if you're in Las Vegas and you're listening to this, uh, just try to be a little more respectful. If you're one of those people who've done what we mentioned, uh, not to call you out, but there's there's a yeah. code, there's a fan code. Yeah. And welcome welcome to the NHL as a fan. We appreciate appreciate you. We love you. But there's a code. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have some more Vegas to talk about. We're, I want to save that for later. And next, I want to move on to milestones because there's some interesting okay. stuff in here. I have, I have a. It's not really a trivia question. It's a very easy question. Ooh. It's a softball question. So some milestones. Uh, Matt Cullen is very close to getting 700 points. 696 out of 700. A uh, huge, huge player for the Penguins last year. One of the reasons they won the Cup. One of those depth core guys. Uh, very experienced. Next, uh, Patrick Kane got his 300th goal recently. Of those 300 goals, 88 are on the power play. 88 are in the third period. What significance does that hold? Patrick Kane's number is 88. Boom. Good job. <laughs> I told you it was easy. <laughs> uh, Dustin Brown got a big one, a big milestone. He played a thousand games, so that's that's pretty big for Dustin Brown. That's I would have guessed that he've he's been in the league enough to play a thousand games, but that's a pretty big, huge milestone. Mm. And then we have a milestone. We've passed 4,000 subscribers on more post to posts. Oh wow! Um, up to 4,075 now so uh pretty exciting uh we have lots of videos coming on that channel as well so keep an eye out if you're not subscribed and remind me when's the rocking or the darlington uh, color nascar video coming um out? probably not for another week and a half oh man yeah. I, oh, I can't wait till that one drops premier Stadi stadium goes out uh i think tomorrow oh that'll on be christmas good. sure that'd be great yeah and then um that'll go up the following weekend basically. okay cool all right i'll, I'll settle for that cool uh, next on the list is the Oilers, and mm. uh, this is an interesting team. Because of last year, because of the year before, and because of this year, three years ago, Edmonton was uh, garbage, garbage people. They were they were no good. Last year, Edmonton was incredible. Mm. Obviously, due to the the McDavid factor and the McJesus, uh, this year. They kind of went back to the roots of, of that those garbage people, underachievers. Yeah. yeah, and now they're they realized who they are. They realized that they are better than than how they've been playing, and uh, they've been on a tear recently. Uh, four game winning streak. They're only three points behind Calgary right now. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, as to like how poor Edmonton did at the beginning of the year to be only behind Calgary by three points. 
That is awesome. They've already leapfrogged Vancouver. And Vancouver was, I think, three weeks into the season, maybe in first or second they in the division. Way up there. Yeah. It, like, they have really struggled, mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate. Uh, they've really gotten contributions from everyone, from all four lines. Nugent Hopkins has played really well. McDavid's played really well. I think he's got 23 points in his last 19 games. Uh, and then Talbot, he's come back from his injury. He is 7-0-0 in his last seven games. Dude means business. He's ready to play. Talbot's mm -hmm. an amazing goalie. We saw that last year. Yeah. We saw it for, for New York when he played there. Uh, he He's going to do amazing things. He's rested now. That it's almost a good thing that he was. It's never a good thing when someone gets injured, but when someone can get that amount of rest, kind of like Carey Price, he came back, he played really well. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if you if you're going to go deep in the playoffs, to have that extra couple of weeks rest in the middle of the season, or even like just before the halfway part of the season, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference. Uh, so that's that's great news for the for the Edmonton Oilers that he's playing well. Uh, but last night there was a bit of a scare. McDavid got hit in the foot by, I think, a Petrie shot. Slap shot from the from the blue line. And he left the ice immediately. Uh, he barely made it to the bench. He was in significant pain. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't even walk down the aisle to the dressing room by himself. He actually had to get a trainer to help him walk. And uh, we all feared the worst. Uh, it, they were playing the Canadians, and uh, even as Canadian fans, Canadians fans, uh, we don't want to see that, and no. especially for a player like McDavid. No, hate to see that. Uh, and an opposing, like, obviously we want, we want to win, but we don't want to win because we've injured other the opposing team's players. I would so. rather that the puck had missed his foot and gone in the net. Oh, <laughs> most definitely, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they had an x-ray immediately after the game, mm -hmm. no broken bones, That's no nice. fractured bones either. That's great. So just looks like a bruise, and uh, they expect him to play the next the next Edmonton game. So nice. He, he was definitely in pain. Mm. You know, the Oilers have put together quietly, uh, maybe not so quietly, a four-game winning streak, as you said, which is actually right now tied for the lead in the NHL. There are four teams running four-game mm -hmm. winning streaks right now, so Edmonton has nothing to be uh, ashamed of there at all. Uh, they've done very well. The challenge, because it's not all sunny, Edmonton right now is a long way out of a wild-card spot and a long way out of a seed mm. uh, in their division. And there are six teams in front of them that they have to climb over to even get in the wild card situation. So yep. there's a lot of work left to do, but they've made a great start on it. They remind me of Boston. Boston has quietly, very quietly gone from the bottom of the standings at the beginning of the year up until up to third place in the Atlantic and right behind Toronto with lots of games in hand. Uh, I feel like Edmonton's doing the same thing. They just started three weeks later than Boston did. Uh, we could see Edmonton really leapfrog a lot of teams. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty exciting. Even though I'm not a huge Edmonton fan, uh, it is exciting. Sorry, Edmonton fans, I do like Calgary more. <laughs> <laughs> um, jumping away from Edmonton, unless you have some, anything else? No, go ahead. I want to talk about some rumors. Ooh. And uh, it's, it's tough for us to talk about rumors. It's not something I love to do because we are literally nobodies. Like, I have no inside connections whatsoever. Um, actually, I know a guy who used to work for the Philadelphia Flyers as an intern. That's as, that's as close as an insider I've got to the NHL. Yeah, we've got lots of secondary connections. Yeah. You know, like Gerard Gallant's first cousin's wife used to work with me. <laughs> that's pretty distant. I saw her on Friday and said hi, you know, Merry you Christmas. With, I think you work with Paul Byron's cousin. I, I work with Paul Byron's second cousin. Yeah. 
And, uh, but again, the people I know are connected to the game, but not in a way that they're going to call me up and say, Hey, guess what? Yeah. I guess you're, you know, um, what's his name? He used to work with him, his brother. Oh, Scott Morrison. Oh, oh yeah, you that's know, right. Yeah, John Morrison. His brother, yeah. His brother, Scott, who's uh, very well plugged in. I guess if, if anyone would have a good rumor source, it'd be Scott. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'll have to work on John to see <laughs> yeah, if he work can on him. <laughs> plug me into Scott, and we can get some inside scoops yeah. here on Post to Post Post to Post needs to break some, break <laughs> some news. Uh, so I can just look online and look at the quote-unquote other, uh, other unqualified people <laughs> <laughs> making up these rumors, but here's what I found. Edmonton, Florida, and Carolina are all actively interested in Max Pacioretty. That's the best news I've heard <laughs> in in a year. I'm I'm so excited. You're elated. I'm looking forward to getting a bag of pucks or oh, something from yeah, that, one of those three teams. Nice. Yeah, mm. that would be amazing. Uh, I I think Pacioretty is has one of the most admirable personalities in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe he is one of the worst captains in the NHL. And this kind of has shades of me being overly critical of my team as well. Uh, Max Patria does a lot of good things, but he is incredibly lazy getting back to the bench. Like, I know not everyone watches Montreal Canadiens games, but if you have a chance to watch a Canadiens game, just watch it for, watch it for five minutes. Watch Max Pacioretty and his lackluster effort getting back to the bench after a shift. It's very Ovechkin-like. Yeah, or if he lo- if he loses the puck in the offensive zone, like in and, and the puck starts to leave by the other team, you just watch. Yeah. What he has no effort. It's and, it's really frustrating. And some players play like that, like Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. But they have such a, another upside that it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. as much. But in the case of Pacioretty, we're in a situation where you can't demote a captain from the captaincy. You either have to uh, wait to the end of the season or during the season, you have to move them. Yeah. You can't demote a captain. It just would ruin... It would send the wrong message. It would send the wrong message and ruin a lot of chemistry and probably be unfair to the next captain to do that. But if the captain leaves because the front office has decided he should go in exchange for assets, Mm -hmm. then that makes that political issue a lot easier Mm -hmm. to handle. And Max Pacioretty is not the kind of on-ice leader that you need to have for your captain. And that's the thing. It's not necessarily Max Pacioretty's fault. I don't think Matt, Max Pacioretty is a natural leader. He's a, a, a brilliant goal scorer, one of the most accurate shots in the NHL. Mm-hmm. No one has scored, or he's he's fifth in goal scored in the past, like, six years in the NHL. He's an elite goal scorer. He's not an elite leader. Yeah. And I I don't know if, if Montreal has any elite leaders, to be honest. There could, arguments could be made for other people. I think Montreal would, or I think Max Pacioretty and Montreal would both benefit more if he just stuck to playing his game and didn't worry about trying to lead or worry about anyone else's game on the team or Mm -hmm. motivation or anything like that. Yeah, I think being captain takes away from his best Mm -hmm. contributing assets for the for the Canadians Mm -hmm. team. And but some players are really good at it. Like Mm -hmm. some players are, are like Sidney Crosby. Uh, great player on the ice, also a great leader. Mm-hmm. There's other examples as well around the league, but um, some guys just just don't have have that knack. Yeah, you go back to 1994 and Mark Messier. You know, we're gonna win tonight. Yeah, game six against New Jersey. One of the greatest leaders win. of all time, and a captain of someone who can put the team on his back yeah. and carry them across the line when they need it. Mm. And uh, can anyone say that about Max Pacioretty or a lot of captains in the NHL? But right now we're yeah. talking about Max. Mm-hmm. I, I love the guy. Like all, I said, one of the most admirable yeah. personalities. For all the reasons. One of the nicest guys in, in the world. Yeah. 
uh, sweet guy. Yeah. I now I, I don't want our American listeners or viewers to take this the wrong way, but because of Montreal's extremely uh, intense scouting focus in the United States, we get a lot of players, you know, in through the system that are actually Americans. Yep. Uh, Trevor Timmons, the Montreal chief scout for many years, uh, spent a lot of time in Minnesota, spent a lot of time in the Northeast, and we ended up with a lot of very high-quality players uh, from the United States. Mm-hmm. But when they get up to roles of leadership in a market like Montreal, like Pacioretty's doing right now, um, it doesn't quite hit the mark. Right. And I don't, I don't know, but I'm not saying that's because they're American, but. But uh, Montreal was in a position to have the leader that they need, but they traded it him away for friggin' Scott Gomez. Yeah. Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough is now the captain of the New York Rangers. Like. And probably doing a great how, job. How good would Ryan McDonough fit into Montreal right now? Can you see a, a one-to-one swap patch ready for McDonough? And would you accept that trade? I would in a heartbeat. I would too. In, I'm not, I'm a, not a huge fan of McDonough's game. He's mm. he's irresponsible at times. And he's streaky. Uh, but um, I'm okay with that. I think he's a great leader. I, I love him too, like as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, yeah, 100%. McDonough, Weber, Ben, yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. That would be just great. I, I you know, I just think that... Uh, Montreal is so hard in Montreal because if you're a Canadian, you even have more pressure on you because you are yeah. deemed to know the marketplace that you're playing in, mm-hmm. whereas American players maybe get a free pass, at least for a while on that. So that's the good news about getting an American on your team. That's true. They don't have that fear factor that some Canadians, particularly French Canadians, would have mm-hmm. about playing in Montreal. You need a very special kind of personality to play there. You need a very special kind of personality to be the captain there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a perfect combination. Saku Koivo is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. He didn't come from Canada. So he didn't have the pressure factor of playing in Montreal. But he had enough intelligence and knowledge of the game to understand how important it was for him to be the captain. Right. And and he was a good guy, a clean guy, um, you know, just a mad respect all around the league for this guy. Mm -hmm. And even now, when you say his name in Montreal... You know, he's not a Quebecer, he's not even a Canadian, but they love this guy. Yeah, obsessed. And they always will. And I I hope that, you know, future Montreal captains get that same adoration or earn it from the fans right. like Koivu did. And I look at some of the captains we've had since, and I'm like, eh, he's no Saku Koivu. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, oh, man, I had something lined up to say, but I forget what it was. Dang. If we just go back to the rumors... Mm. Uh, Edmonton, Florida, and Carolina are all interested in Max Pacioretty. Which of those three teams could you see Pacioretty going to? I think Edmonton will be a tough fit. I, I think uh, not be f- not for any reason other than being an American. I think he'd maybe rather be mm-hmm. paid American money and work in the United States. It might make his life easier. I, that's just a guess. But Carolina or Florida might be better. I think anybody who would not pick Florida as number one just based on climate, you know, needs uh, mm-hmm. needs a psychiatric examination. <laughs> uh, I'd love to go to Florida. In fact, if anyone wants to move the post-to-post podcast to Florida, yeah. um, I think we would entertain negotiations. Yeah, on a, spon- on a sponsorships <laughs> for Florida are welcome, <laughs> highly welcome. Yeah, all we need is high-speed internet, and then after that, we really don't care. We yeah. Put us in a tent, we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Max Pacioretty is... is kind of backtracking just to talk about him again he's one of the most skilled american players mm-hmm. who do you think that he plays with on the line in the upcoming world cup of hockey in a couple of years do you think he plays with matthews matthews a uh, goal scorer 
Pacioretty a goal scorer. If they put if they put someone on <clears throat> excuse me. If they put someone on their their line, a real setup man. I'm not sure exactly who it would be. In twenty twenty, how old is Max Pacioretty? Thirty one, I think. Hmm, I thought he'd be older. 32? I just wonder if he can keep up by then. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's a, uh, I think the United States is going to have a formidable team. They're going to be, it's, it's going to be so scary. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And they have so much talent on so many other teams, uh, as well. Teams that aren't doing all that great, but yeah. the talent is there. Uh, they're going to be putting a, a real killer team together. And I think, I think it's going to be the most dangerous team mm-hmm. in the, in the cup for sure. Yeah. yeah. They, it's, it's scary. At all positions. Yeah. Every position. Yeah. I mean, Canada is always going to be competitive. And they'll do well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're as scary as the United States. And that goes for Finland's going to be scary. Oh, yeah. Sweden's going to be scary. Mm-hmm. It, like the competition factor in, the, in this upcoming World Cup, if they have it, I don't think it's confirmed yet, official, but uh, it's going to be very exciting. Very, mm-hmm. very exciting. Yeah. I think Canada's always been the favorite going in in the past 10 years, maybe. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. Well, no, and you look at the uh, the overall makeup of the NHL, which is the premier league in the world. You've got other leagues that are good, but yep. the NHL, uh, 45% now of the players are Canadian-born. Mm. 55% are American or European-born. So the Canadian dominance of the National Hockey League has ended and yeah. probably will never come back no, because the, the game is growing so well mm-hmm. and is so healthy in other parts of the world, which is awesome. It, that's what it's all about. It, it, I, I love seeing superstars come from these countries, like uh, I think Drysaddle's from Germany, right? Germany, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. And you know, Kopitar is from Slovakia, I believe. Uh, that's a country that you know has other players. Uh, Halak, uh, it's not coming to me, but there's a oh, few, there's well, a few you, others. He's here. You got uh, all he, the yeah, Finns and the Swedes. Switzerland, yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah, dude, so there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories out of countries. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see watch them play with their countries coming up. A lot mm-hmm. of sorry, new players to the NHL. It's going to be interesting to see them play with their countries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all I got for, for that kind of sidetracked a little bit. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, then my next rumor is Carolina, Montreal, Florida, and Nashville are all interested in Evander Kane. Hmm. Now, I I made a video about Nashville a couple of weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, and I was trying to figure out who the Nashville Predators could snag up at the trade deadline, and I set Evander Kane just off the top of my head, So, and I'm never right about this stuff, so I'm surprised that I actually read that online as a potential choice for Nashville. Who Of those four teams, who do you, who do you think uh, Evander Kane could go to? Carolina, Montreal, Florida, or Nashville? I would think Nashville. Uh, me too. If, if he has any say about it. I don't want him to go to Nashville because I, hmm. I don't think he fits in Nashville. I, I think he might. I just don't know if his personality is the same. Like he has the same, kind of the same personality as P.K. Subban. I don't know if there can be two uh, bold personalities like that in one team. I don't know. Uh, um I think how much of Evander Kane's personality is interpreted through the lens of him playing for substandard teams versus does it change uh, him and his outlook on life if he's playing for a real contender? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I have a, no that's insight. A good, that's a good question. Hmm. Uh, 
there was there's actually a really good piece on the recent Winter Classic uh, YouTube video on the NHL channel uh, where they talked to Evander Kane off the ice. Super nice guy. Uh, you, he has a little dog, I think, that he's pretty obsessed with. Yeah. Little, little Chihuahua thing. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a Chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, I have the Islanders interested in Eric Branson, and they definitely need a little bit more help on the back end. Uh, the Islanders, if they get the right pieces, like they've got Barzal and they've got Letty doing awesome, and Anders Lee, and uh, oh man, the, the other there's ones. a Tavares guy. Yeah, it's Tavares. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's actually not the person I was thinking of. I can't remember the other person I was thinking of. Oh, sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, if they get just a few more pieces, I think they're in a really promising situation to do some damage in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think their percentage, like we're going to uh, have all the percentages of teams who are percentage-wise that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if you have that. I know. That's okay. It's, it's interesting yeah. because the teams that are in the first in their division sometimes aren't percentage-wise even more likely to make it than teams outside of the playoffs in the same division. Like mm-hmm. it, I don't understand how they calculated it, but we'll get into that later. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's good news for the Islanders that they're interested in him. Edmonton is apparently interested in Hoffman, which kind of makes sense because uh, Ottawa could go through a bit of a fire sale here soon. Uh, it's not looking like they're going to make the playoffs. Spoiler, spoiler alert, I think they have a 1% chance to make the playoffs. And that's being very generous. Ooh. Well, they're on a three-game losing streak. They're they're so far out of the scene that uh, they're you know as much as I said, Edmonton had a challenge of six teams to climb over to get in the wild card. Ottawa Ottawa's not, not even in, in the picture. Ottawa's not making the playoffs. No. Um, good news though, Carlson has been playing pretty good recently. Mm-hmm. I think he got four points recently, oh. so it's pretty good. Uh, but and I actually do see Hoffman fitting in pretty nicely in Edmonton. I don't know if they can make the contract work, um, but. Uh, I think I think Otto would have to retain some salary, a little bit, but uh, I I do see. I would assume that there would be lots of chemistry, uh, with Hoffman with the players on Edmonton. Uh, I think that could be pretty positive for him. Melnick is so cheap. I mean, he doesn't even want to play. That's true. Pay the players that are playing for him. Do you think true. he's going to want to pay players that aren't playing for him? I wonder if Otto has any retained <laughs> salary right now. You know, did they retain some way back in the spets of time? Ooh, you might be right. That's a good call. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now because this is a podcast and there's no time limit. And uh, we go back even farther to Danny Heatley, but uh, I don't even know who was in charge of Ottawa back then (laughs) because I wasn't really paying attention. So I guess it's not a pattern issue, but... uh, All right, let's let's check. All right. So Ottawa is not retaining any salary from anyone. Okay, good. They may have last year with Spezza, but currently this year they're not retaining any salary. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Mm. Good job. All right. Just to touch on uh, a more post-to-post topic, Ooh. hockey cards, which not everyone likes. I know, I know that. Not, I know not everyone likes those videos. However, I have gotten at least four messages from people saying, Neil, please stop doing hockey card videos because I love them so much I'm spending all of my money on hockey cards. <laughs> I thought that was going an entirely different direction. <laughs> I, was, I was setting that up. Uh so I apologize that I'm influencing your wallet negatively, but I can't stop doing the hockey card videos because I love them too. And actually, there's only, I think, one or two more videos to post. So uh, there'll be a bit of a hockey card break um, coming up on the channel. So hopefully your wallets will be, will be happy. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, jumping over to the rookie race. How exciting is this year? This year's rookies. Like, if you looked at the beginning of the year, okay, you thought, okay, maybe there'll be a little bit of a battle between Nico Hischer and Nolan Patrick. But outside of that, we don't, really don't know. Here we go. Nolan Patrick and, and Nico Hischer aren't even the top 10 in yeah. points. Just, just and, they're, and they're still awesome. And they're, and they're still awesome. I don't know what Nolan Patrick is struggling, okay. but uh, I want to go through the top 10 in their points because it's important. Barzal, who got a hat trick, by the way, yesterday, mm-hmm. his first NHL hat trick, 35 points. Won't be his last. Will no, will not be his last. Might not even be his last uh, this, this week. month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, I guess. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Uh, Brock Besser, thirty-four. Can't say enough good things about Brock Besser. Another one last night. What an incredible sniper. Yeah, like, even in the loss, you know, so, he, so confident. Yeah, he was the only guy who could beat Jake Allen last night. Yeah, you know, good for him. That's that's not an easy thing to do. Jake Allen's been playing amazing hockey yeah. this year. Yeah. Keller, twenty-nine points. You putting twenty-nine points up. For a team that's that on like, Arizona, yeah, like that. Do you know who has the most points in the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, it's Shaw, maybe. Montreal is the team with a player with the least amount of points as their highest point getter. Okay, I follow. I follow. <laughs> You're not surprised by that? No, not a bit. And and that's even Montreal in the years when Montreal did well. There was a lot of times when Montreal didn't have players. Much like Vegas, you talked about a while ago. Montreal didn't have players that were in the top 10 of any stat. Key Lafleur, maybe. And that's w- going but, way back. Yeah, but way e- back. But since Lafleur, like even in the time zone, it was Recky and when it was yeah. uh, other, you know, oh my there goodness. There was one year Brian Savage got 50 goals in 50 games. Mm-hmm. I think it was 94, maybe, yeah. or 93. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, other than that, yeah. Montreal has never had a superstar up front. No. Like it's not since, honestly... When's their last superstar up front after Guy Lafleur? Mm-hmm. Alex Kovalev in his... <laughs> yeah, flash in the pan. In his 30s? The artiste. Yeah. Uh, who was great. Amazing. Yeah, but really... Every, city loved Kovalev. Kovalev loved the city. Mm-hmm. Great relationship there, but you're not in the league of, of Guy Lafleur, in my opinion. No. Since Guy Lafleur, there, I, in my opinion, there hasn't been anyone. So, so back uh, to Arizona, or, uh, or I guess how it Philip compares Deneau to Montreal. Has, Philip Deneau has 21 points. Philip Deneau I believe that's, leads Montreal. Yeah. I mean, I can confirm right now, but I think I read that. Good grief. I d- actually, I didn't confirm. I read that, so maybe I should confirm. That's well, probably true. But if you read it on the internet. Clayton Keller, a rookie mm-hmm. who no, not many people were talking about, has eight more points than the most person on the Montreal Canadiens. What's that tell you? Number one, about Clayton Keller, and number two, about Montreal. <laughs> well, you know, when none of uh, Las Vegas's players were showing up in the lead of any of the stats... I said Gerard Gallant's a genius, so I guess following that logic, I have to say Claude, Ju- Claude Julien's a genius. <laughs> yeah. But somehow it doesn't feel the same way when no, I say it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, Philip Deneau has 21 points. Brennan Gallagher has 20. Max Pacioretty has 20 points. That actually surprises me. Okay. Uh, Galchenyuk has 20. Andrew Shaw has 18. Wow. And John Drew has 18. And Keller's running away. Keller is, uh, yeah. If wow. Keller was played for Montreal, he would be so far above and beyond everyone else on the team as far as points go. <laughs> uh, Yanni Gord... No one's talking about him. 24 points, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Alex DeBrinkett, 23 points in fifth. Jesper Bratt, 23 points. Uh, Kerfoot, 23 points. Really strong hockey from him mm-hmm. uh, on a team that's not that great. Sergachev, 23 points. Butcher, 23 points. Big tie for 23 there. Like four guys with 23. Mm-hmm. Five guys with 23. Uh, Heinen, 22. And finally, 
finally in the 11th place we get to nico hisher with wow. 21 points wow <laughs> yeah that's something it's, else it's it's incredible i can't remember the last rookie year that this happened it's so exciting and our boy nolan patrick any guesses to how many points or what position he's in he's got 17 that's a guess he has seven points okay he's in 39th place in rookies all right but he just could be a late bloomer he's got 27 games played so he's missed about i think eight or nine games yeah maybe 10 he's he he's injured i think for a little bit but he'll, he'll be all right seven points in 27 games as a second round pick yeah and who was slated to go number one unacceptable you say second round pick or second pick if I said second round, I meant to say that's what I thought. Second pick, right? Okay. Second pick slated to go first overall, right on. in the first round of the draft. <laughs> uh, okay, that's enough about the. Oh, sorry. Here's a stat for you. Okay, I added this in like last minute, so it's in small font. Brock Besser is the fastest twenty goal scorer for a rookie in Vancouver history. Really? More than Trevor Linden. More than Pavel Burry. More than the Twins? More than the Twins. No kidding. Yep. That's impressive. Pavel Burry is arguably one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Yeah. It. I mean, I'm so excited to watch <laughs> this kid play. <laughs> like, it's crazy. What a legend already. Yeah. And he's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. He acts like he's done this for the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's he, like if, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah. Like usually rookies are looking up all the time, you know, looking at all the lights and they're just yeah. kind of rolling their eyes. Like, I can't <laughs> believe I'm here. He's like, uh, yeah, when's my next shift? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, transitioning to us, we did a video called the former NHL logos ranked mm. 7,000 views in two days. What's with that? It's actually one of the most, I was going to say profitable, but we yeah. don't make any money. So <laughs> it wasn't profitable. One of the most prolific. Yeah, so. it's uh, it did pretty good. It's exciting in a way because it's, and I think a lot of people really liked the video as well. It wasn't the it wasn't clickbait. Like people actually liked what we had to say and enjoyed mm -hmm. the process, which was good. It got lots of likes. Um, it, it annoys me a little bit that how do I say this without being offensive? It's like BuzzFeed content. It's just this like no effort kind of like ranking content that always does better than the content that you actually put effort into like this podcast or a video on a team or a play or something. So you're like a chef, like no one comments about your souffle, but they all love your cookies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not happy about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm not, not happy. It's just, I know. uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm just disappointed. I guess that more people care about logo rankings than they do NHL hockey talk. Well, maybe that's a message to us, though. Maybe our NHL hockey talk needs to elevate. Well, I think that's why the channel grew in, yeah. in, uh, originally, as maybe it did. Maybe we, we have to have more uh, talk support and more active talk, and, uh, uh, you know, we have to activate. Well, yeah, I think I think we can do some activating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but people weren't happy at all with my number one choice. Or, sorry, not, not necessarily that my number one choice was, was bad, but that the Whalers... Mm. We're at number one. Well, I'm... I actually got quite a few, like, just some funny comments. Like, oh, like, Whaler should be first. But I actually got some private messages on Twitter that were quite vulgar towards myself what? from trolls. Yeah. They're, no. Like, just, like, you're, you're, you're not a hockey fan. You blank, 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 if the Whalers aren't first. Yeah. Like, 
Okay. Those are people's problem. (laughs) Yeah. They really triggered that the Whalers weren't first, but uh, yeah. Love this logo. Love this hat. I do too. Shout out to Luke. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. But anyways, transitioning to another video that we've done. It's not released yet as we're, I'm saying this, but the contest video, which we filmed last night. It's a very long video. Good news is it's a very long video. Lots of content for people to watch. The bad news is it's a very long video. <laughs> and there's too much content for people to watch. Not everyone's going to sit there and watch an hour long, hour uh, and nine minute long video. Uh, I appreciate the people who do because it's a fun process to like, if you just if you have, if you have a free hour and you want to go through the process of listening to us and how we made our decisions, I think it's important that people watch the entire thing. But I completely understand for the people who want to skip all the stuff at the beginning and just kind of go to the finals. Totally understand that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, It's important that they all are there because it shows the fairness in the process. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not necessarily important that everybody watch that. Yeah. It's a video that had to be that long. It, mm-hmm. it, it needed to be that long yeah. because that, it, it couldn't have been done any other way. Uh, but I, for, like I said, anyone who watched the entire thing, and I, I really appreciate that. And I know that Mark on Discord... He does a lot of great work for us in Discord. Uh, this is a video that he's really looking forward to because he also likes to. You know, he's he's so smart. Like he he was on our live stream there, and uh, he knows all all the teams in the SP, SPHL. He's like he 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 knows everything about these logos and teams. He's a really smart guy. So he I know he's going to watch all the whole video. So uh, shout out to Mark. Uh, Three hundred and ninety eight entries. I didn't say this in the video, but I went back and I looked. Three hundred and ninety eight total entries, basically four hundred entries. So who are the two people that let you down? Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Next contest, I better see at least 400 entries. <laughs> <laughs> 71 disqualifications. Yeah. Disappointing, but uh, unavoidable, I think. There's always going to be those people, I think. There's always going to be those people, but uh, I guess it says two things. One off is they think they might be able to do well, even if it's not original work, which is unfortunate. Two off. Did they think they could get it past you? And if they thought they could get it past you, what do they think of your knowledge? I think I think some of the examples that I've shown, like the Florida Panthers one, I think that was an example of someone who maybe didn't understand the rules fully mm-hmm. and wasn't necessarily trying to trick me or get it past me, but didn't understand maybe the rules or, or forgot about the rules. Um, so I don't think there was any malice or intention behind him uh, doing that. But there were others that were complete and total ripoffs, and uh, mainly not not so much the ones that I showed in the video, but ones I didn't show in the video that were just literally like secondary logos of NHL teams that I've seen a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not know that? Like, how do you think that I'm not going to know what that is? Like, I've seen that a thousand times. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Winner was Evan. Congratulations, Evan. You've already. It's already been announced on the channel as of now, so uh, it's not, there's no spoiler of me saying this. So, Evan, congratulations. Uh, thank you so much for submitting that, that logo. If you're listening, I hope you are. We loved it. All the judges loved it. Yeah, it was great. And the other thing that I think is important with this one, and I think you pointed it out near the end of our telecast, and want to call it that. Telecast. <laughs> I just heard that word a while ago, and I thought, telecast? Who uses that anymore? Yeah, but, bring but it back. But it was used on the... Hashtag uh, telecast. It was used on the Arizona... Colorado game uh, yesterday one of the announcers said telecast I said ah, 
anyway, but uh, I think of the last of the final six or seven or six or five, uh, the vast majority were hand drawn as yeah. opposed to computer drawn. And it wasn't intentional for us to to put those into the finals. It just that's just how it happened. Yep. Just uh, that's the way that the voting felt. Everyone really loved the strong effort put in by the drawings. And yeah, there's so many good ones. Like, yeah, it was great. I think. I think there's about 20 to 30 of those logos that I could 100% see on a jersey. Like My favorite didn't make it in the final three. It didn't, yeah. It's but just, uh, the, the New York Islanders one that did make it in the final nine, the top nine, yeah. was just yeah, was really outstanding. Nice. Really, I really love nice. that one. Yeah. I wish I could have had it to vote for in the final three. But <laughs> uh, the math works out the way it works, and that's it was all fair. So Yeah, that's it had, it had the voting had to be like that. Yep. The next contest that we're going to do is on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter... Uh, can you follow me on Twitter? Because I'm close to a thousand <laughs> followers. So um, throw me a bone and follow me on Twitter. Uh, post to post show, show that is at post to post, post show, to post show yeah. on Twitter. Um, but uh, the next contest is actually going to be on Twitter. I'm going to give away an autographed uh, Peter Bondra. If you want the whole, if you win and you want the whole poster, we've already shown it on a video. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want the whole poster, I'll give it to you. If you only want the cutout of Peter Bondra, um, I'll cut that out for you. Send it your way. Um, but yeah, Peter Bondra autographed, and uh, I'm going to do another giveaway on Twitter probably in February or March, maybe at the late February, beginning of March, and I'm going to give away an autograph to something as well. little teaser, I won't say what it is or who it's from, or not, or not who it's from, but what player it's from, who signed it, uh, but little teaser. Follow me on Twitter. There's going to be some unique, specific stuff on Twitter mm, for you guys. Yeah. Very good. Are you following me on Twitter? Uh, yes, of course I am. Better. Are you following me? Uh, I think you are, but I'm pretty. I am pro- following you with my personal account. Yeah, but post I'm to pretty post? sure I'm also following you with the post to post account. Uh, I'm going to be checking. Uh oh, maybe I should. Check if you're that. not following me, I might have to unfollow you. What? <laughs> oh, I'm not logged into the post to post Twitter. Here's software. what I'll do. Just when you get to 9.99, that's when I'll you, pull. That's when I'll pull my follow. You don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the NHL, Pittsburgh Penguins. Did you know? that the Pittsburgh Penguins have a less than 50% chance at making the playoffs currently. I did not know. 47%. That's kind of scary because a team that won the Stanley Cup twice in a row is slated statistically to not make the playoffs. And I know there are various different sources of those kinds of predictions. Where is that one coming from that you're using there? The Athletic. The Athletic, okay. That's that same fellow that I've used to quote in the past. Yeah, and I'm going to theorize as to... Why? I'm going to go over all the percentages for every single team. We're on the Christmas break here. It's a good time to bring up the percentages and the, and the, the playoff percentage, getting into the playoff chance. Uh, there's lots of reasons behind that. Like you said, I have some theories. We'll discuss it in a bit. Uh, I reached out to Justin because this is Justin's team. He watches Pittsburgh more than any other team. He watches every single Pittsburgh game. I've watched, I think, four or five Pittsburgh games, so not very many. So I wanted to get uh, Justin, Justin's input. And uh, I I didn't get a, a direct quote from him, but he, Justin has a video on his channel. Uh, if you guys don't know, Justin has his own channel. It's called Hands Down Hockey. And it's one of the reasons that you don't see Justin a lot on Post to Post anymore. He wanted to go off kind of on his own and start his own channel. But in one of his videos, he said, and he made a really good point, Pittsburgh lost so many key players over the offseason. And you look at Pittsburgh and you see Latang, you see Murray, you see Murray, you see Kessel, Malkin, Crosby, all those big names. But those five like those five names aren't the reason why the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup. It's the names it's the the low key backbone type players 
that that helped win them the Stanley Cup. Players like Hainsey, Kunitz, Cullen, Daly, Benino, like all of those guys that like do all those little things that necess- may not necessarily get talked about a lot. The faceoff wins, the defense, the like the penalty kill responsibilities, the defensive responsibilities. Uh, those players are so important. When you lose those five players, it's you're you're gutting you're gutting the team mm-hmm. of of what the team needs on those third and fourth lines. Uh, so it's 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 really tough. He made a really good point there. He said, or he theorizes that Pittsburgh should and will make lots of trades, uh, probably just after Christmas. And more so closer to Christmas than the trade deadline. Rutherford is a, is a GM who really likes to to make his move well before the trade deadline. He's not one of these last minute GMs that makes all kinds of uh, all kinds of deals. So we can probably suspect, or we can, we can probably theorize that uh, some trades will be coming out of Pittsburgh in the next probably four weeks. I would hmm. I would say. What do you think the difference is between Pittsburgh's? slight house cleaning after the cup win and the house cleanings that Chicago has had to do. Chicago seems to stay successful with that core that Pittsburgh is not doing as well with, with their core. Chicago and Pittsburgh are pretty much in the exact same position right Mm -hmm. now. Points wise, I think they have almost, I think they have identical points around in around 39. Um, and, but they, Chicago has those big names too. And then they tried to fix what happened last year. So they brought back, uh, who did they bring back? Saad? Was it Saad they brought back? Yep, Brandon Saad. And, and, and um, who else? Oh. Someone else. Any, anyway, hmm. uh, it's... Sharp? Oh, yeah, Patrick Sharp. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate that those two teams are kind of struggling with not having those backbone kind of core players. Uh, th- I'm not saying that they don't have any of those players. I'm just saying they don't have as many as they did previously. And I have a feeling that we could see players like Haglund and Cole out of Pittsburgh potentially being traded. Haglund's not producing to his contract of value, so that's unfortunate. Cole's been in the rumors lots lately. And Justin also goes on to say uh, there's not the same hunger, there's not the same drive as as previous seasons. They don't seem to... uh, They don't seem to want it as much. Not as hungry. When you win two Stanley Cups in a row... You kind of let your foot off the pedal a little bit, especially after one Stanley Cup. But to do it twice, I don't like people love winning the Stanley Cup. No one's ever going to complain about winning the Stanley Cup. But when you win it twice, I think even just even just slightly in the back of your mind, you kind of don't want to play that extra two months of hockey. Uh, So I'm wondering if they're just physically tired from playing so much hockey recently because before the that first of the two Stanley Cup seasons there was the World Cup the year before that I think and so these guys like Crosby and Malkin and all those guys have played an unbelievable amount of hockey in the past three to four years so I'm wondering if they're just like physically tired Mm. and they're just I mean Crosby came came off to a slow start there at the beginning of the season and uh yeah could be but they're Pittsburgh they can turn it around anytime they want I'm Pittsburgh could could go up to the top of the division and it would not surprise me whatsoever. So I'm not necessarily worried about Pittsburgh. I'm not a fan of Pittsburgh. Sorry, Justin. Sorry, Audie. Uh, But um, I 
I like that Pittsburgh's not doing well because I'm so sick of P- Pittsburgh doing well. <laughs> but uh, it if they did do well and get back up, I wouldn't be upset because it's good to see teams rebound like that. They got shut out 4 nothing at home yesterday. By, By Anaheim. Anaheim. Right. Anaheim. Man, there's so many games on yesterday. I was trying to think. nothing Yeah. That's but crazy. Anaheim's been playing really, really good lately. I'm going to flip to the back of my page. I got a two-pager today. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I just want to check the time. Oh, 50-ish minutes. Okay, here's why I want to go through the standings, and maybe you plan to do this already, so I'm going to kind of spoil your segment. But Go for it. The East, Tampa Bay, 54 points. Currently, according to The Athletic, have a 100% chance at making the playoffs already. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't disagree, though. Well, they're plus 19. Oh, in your system, yeah. Yeah, in my system. Yeah. And I'll just chip, chip in with some sure. system points for you, and you do the rest. But plus 19, you almost have to go on a an impossible crash to yeah. not still make the playoffs, at least sneak in the Even backdoor. if they did what Philadelphia did and lose 10 games, mm-hmm. I think they're still in first in the Atlantic. Yeah. And that says a lot. It says a lot about Tampa and a lot less about the rest of the teams in the yeah, Atlantic. they would be. If even they lost though, 10 games. Even be, though Toronto's playing really yeah, well. They'd be tied for first with Boston yep. if they lost 10 in a row. And Boston. Assuming Boston also went on a 10-game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think these percentages are going to match up with your system, actually. Mm-hmm. So Toronto has, is in second in the Atlantic with 45 points, and they have a 90% chance at making the playoffs right now. And they're plus 8. got to be happy about a 90% chance of making the playoffs. Especially if you're Toronto. Mm. And you haven't, Ooh. you know, you, no, we just haven't had a lot to cheer about the last yeah, okay, 50 yeah. years. I thought that was a little No, no, little not big. a dig. Okay. No. Third in the Atlantic is Boston, mm-hmm. 43 points, 96 yeah, they're actually a plus nine because they hold three games in hand, games in and hand, they're yeah. only two points back on Toronto. So, mm. yep. Uh, first in the Metropolitan, wow, I almost forgot the name of it, uh, is New Jersey with 47 points. Plus 12. Second is Washington with 46. Third oh. is Columbus with 46. Both plus nine. The percentage of Washington in second place is 87%. Do you mm. have a guess at what New Jersey's is? Seated uh, higher than Washington? It's a hint. It's gonna. It's lower than. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. But how much lower? Um, four points. I don't know. So you think it should be eighty-three percent? Okay. Sixty-six <laughs> percent. Here's the, and th- this is what I don't understand. So New Jersey is in first place, and they got a sixty-six percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Washington is in second with eighty-seven percent. Columbus is in third with ninety-two percent mm, chance. Yeah. The Rangers are in the first wild card spot with 42 points, has a, have a 51% chance. The Islanders in the second wild card spot have 42 points, and they have a 70% chance. Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes uh, are just outside the playoffs, uh, 39 points, uh, 47%. So New Jersey's not that much higher than no. Carolina. And, and I think it's Dom Luzician who does those statistical predictions for the athletic. And what he explains in his methodology is that he's... He's calculating uh, how many home games versus away games have been played versus how many will be played, uh, who among these teams have had a harder schedule yeah, versus who's had an easier he's schedule. He's added a value to the teams that they've played mm-hmm. based on their, those teams' yeah. standings. And if he sees New Jersey in the upcoming three weeks, let's say, playing a lot of strong teams with guys coming back off of injuries and stuff like that, then he's going to give them a less likely chance of winning some of those yep. games. So there's, there is a method to the madness, but as we found out early on in the podcast this season, 
when you go through some of his predictions for that night's games. Oh, dead wrong. He's usually yeah. less than 50% right. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a, flipping a coin is going to be better than that. Totally. So you take it for what it's worth. Uh, so Carolina's 39 points, 47%. Pittsburgh, 39 points, 47%. Yeah, that's right. Carolina is above Pittsburgh in the standings. When's the last time you saw Carolina above Pittsburgh in the standings? I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember. I don't either. I don't know if it's ever happened. <laughs> were they in 2006 when they won the cup? I think they were seated eighth. There you I go. Carolina, oh, no, they weren't seated eighth. eighth. No, I don't, I, yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to look that up. I don't know. Uh, Philadelphia has 38 points in their next. So Pittsburgh, 39 points, 47%. Philadelphia, 38 points, 16%. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Montreal, 36 points, 20%. Florida, 35 points, 16%. Detroit, 33 points, two points less than Florida, 1%. Ottawa, 30 points, 1%. Buffalo, 25, 0%. Mm. Sorry, Buffalo. <laughs> You're not making the playoffs. What a shame. If we go over to the West, St. Louis has 48 points, 81%. Nashville has 47 uh, points, 98%. Yeah, they're plus 12 versus plus 10 for St. Louis because they have games in hand. But St. Louis, how could St. Louis be at 81%? I don't see St. Louis falling that much, but again. A lot of it's the strength of the other teams. You know, St. Louis is, is plus 10, but if you go to the other side over the Pacific, you know, you've got... Uh, you've got... Maybe St. Louis just haven't, hasn't had a tough schedule so far. San Jose is a plus 8, and they're... You know, if, if if St. Louis and San Jose end up fighting for a wild card, that's I think that makes the percentages harder. I, okay. I don't know. Uh, Nashville, 47 points, 98%. Winnipeg, 46 points, 80%. Vegas, 48 points, 91%. Plus 14, best in the West. Best, well, best in the, the yep. Western Conference, yeah. Los Angeles, 48 points, 85%. Plus 11. San Jose, 42, 68%. Plus 8. Dallas, is in the first wild card spot. They got 43 points. Huge win last night for Dallas, by the way. 64 point or mm -hmm. 64 uh, percentage. Mm -hmm. Anaheim, last wild card spot, 40 points, 49 percent. Anaheim has started slow out of the gate and finally got themselves into the position where they're in a wild card spot. Classic Anaheim. I would expect them. You getting tired? You getting sleepy? No. Am I boring you? No. I would expect Anaheim to uh, jump up this list a little bit. Suffered a lot of injuries. Now they're starting to kick some butt. Chicago is just outside the playoffs. 39 points, 61%. Minnesota has 39 points, 39%. Calgary has 39 points, 44%. Colorado with 37 points at 11%. Edmonton, 36 points, 28%. Vancouver, 35 points, 1%. Wow. I, I, I know. But anyway, Arizona, 21.0%. Sorry, Arizona. Hmm. You're, it's not happening. Arizona's at now at minus 17. <sighs> 17 points below 500, basically. The good news is they're playing better than they did at the beginning of the season. <laughs> but that's not a hard thing to do because they lost like 11 games straight. So, yeah. Uh, Okay, that's all I got on my list for hockey stuff. Just very quickly, can we talk about the chess logo? Yes. And yes. I, the listeners aren't going to be able to oh, man. Uh, partake in the viewing of this logo. I'll put it up on the screen for our viewers on YouTube. 
the chess the new chess logo was revealed and this is this isn't a joke this is the real chess logo what do you see wrong with this everything <laughs> what what don't you see wrong with this like it's it's the strangest thing and it's it's a logo for the upcoming must be an upcoming tournament or World some championship. chess champions i don't freaking know so if you just type in you know google new, chess ch- google new chess logo yeah it'll be there it uh it's black and white it looks like it's not suitable for younger viewers i want to throw a term out there i don't know if it's appropriate I think it's. I think it is appropriate because I don't think anyone young enough. Over there in the corner of your table, does that have to do with that? Uh, I, <laughs> golden. <laughs> Just look at the. <laughs> actually, I don't know where it's going to be on the screen. Just if you get this, if you get the joke, um, high five yourself. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it at that. Yeah. You, if you're not a YouTube viewer, sorry, folks. Yeah. Uh, I can't even say. Uh, yeah. yeah. It'll ruin the joke. So if if you're listening. We held up an item that you use to cut things. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. But, you know, some some games, if it's uh, fencing or some other athletic event, there's a lot of close contact. Chess is not considered to be a, cl- <laughs> a close contact kind of game, but the logo yeah, would no. make it look like it's, uh, let's say, not hand-to-hand combat, but perhaps leg-to-leg combat. Mm. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that midsection battle. I don't... <laughs> I... I I don't know if they're trying to hide the chess pieces in a special spot or something, but it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's a very it's a very very strange logo. Uh, moving on from that, onto more post to post, our second channel. I have seen the movie Star Wars. The the uh, <laughs> what did you write? <laughs> yeah, inside joke, I guess. Mm. Um, I have seen the Star Wars movie that's in theaters right now. I loved it. You have not seen the Star Wars movie. I have not. But you plan to. Yeah. So on more post to post, uh, once you see the movie, people have requested that we do a Star Wars movie review. Cool. So we've done two already. We've, we've reviewed Dunkirk and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't get a lot of views, but the people who did watch them, I think really enjoyed them. Okay, good. So we're going to do a Star Wars review on the, on our second channel, more post to post coming Probably in about th- two and a half to three weeks, I would say. All right. Uh, not sure when we're going to be able to get to the to the movie theater, but yeah. Uh, cool. I'm excited, really, really, really excited for that, to see it again for the second time. <laughs> and for anyone listening, don't post any spoilers in the comments, or I will block you on the channel, because that's how seriously I take that. That's serious stuff. Right on. All right, what you got? What I got? I got last night's scores. I'm going to run down through them very quickly. Detroit beat. Or Detroit lost to Boston 3-1. The Islanders beat Winnipeg 5-2. Tampa Bay over Minnesota shutout. Vasilevsky, once again, 3-0 this time. Florida shut out Ottawa 1-0. Ottawa on the infamous Florida trip that Montreal often goes on around this time of year. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. They just, uh, too many distractions perhaps. Yeah, girls on the beach. It's got to be. Uh, New Jersey Devils over the Chicago Blackhawks, 4-1. Yeah. 4-1. I think Patrick Kane got a goal, maybe, in that game. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, 3-2 over the Rangers in New York. That was, we watched the that last. That was a really good game. Yeah. We watched the last, maybe, 10, 7, yeah, 10 minutes seven of that minutes, game yeah. steady, and uh, it was really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, as we mentioned a while ago, Anaheim shut out Pittsburgh, 4 nothing. Buffalo lost 4-2 to Carolina. 
um, Buffalo again having having some struggles. They're just they're at times they look so good, but mm-hmm. they're just so inconsistent. Yeah, I'm uh, sure Phil Housley's just going crazy. And another win for Cam Ward there. Oh, he got it. Yeah, he must so, be up to three, at least three hundred two now. Yeah, so after he's busted through the three hundred, it took him so long to get through. Now he's on a he's on a tear. <laughs> Uh, Columbus over Philadelphia 2-1. That was a shootout goal, or shootout win, sorry. Uh, Edmonton over Montreal 4-1. Niemi played quite well for a lot of that game. He but, did. Uh, yeah, he made some pretty huge saves. Yeah, but Talbot was great. Uh, yeah, Talbot was amazing. Yeah, and uh, McDavid got his 14th goal of the year in that game. Yeah, some pretty some pretty goals by Edmonton in that game. Yeah, really nicely done. Uh, Nashville over Dallas, or sorry, Dallas over Nashville 4-3 in a shootout. That was an incredible win by Dallas. It was something else to watch And that. they needed to win that game. Yeah, they really, really did. Uh, it was a great game. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, we, of fun. We watched a lot of hockey last night. We did, actually, a lot of hockey. Yeah, a yeah. lot of hockey. Uh, St. Louis over Vancouver, 3-1. We already mentioned that. Mm. And uh, Besser got the goal for Vancouver. Uh, yeah. Jake Allen got Jake the Allen goal Jake Allen doing his Jake Allen thing. Golden Knights over uh, Washington Capitals. We watched some of that game, too. 3 nothing at home. Yeah. You know, they're fourth, uh, fourth in a row there. <laughs> Uh, that was just fantastic. Carlson now up to 16 goals for he, the Knights. Um, I'm going to do a video coming up uh, talking about my favorite player on every single team. Mm-hmm. I will say right now, Carlson is my favorite player on the Golden Knights. Boom. Yep. There you go. Uh, San Jose beat the Kings 2-0. Uh, and the final game I want to talk about is the uh, crazy game between Colorado and Arizona. Colorado beat Arizona 6-2. But up until halfway through the second period, it was a scoreless tie. And then there was Bedlam. <laughs> bedlam. Bedlam. Mayhem broke out. I don't know if you saw that or any of the highlights. I, I, I heard about it, but I didn't see I, Did you watch the highlights? Yes, I did. Uh, I did not watch oh, the highlights. You've got to. As soon as we're done filming this and the other thing, we have to. you have to go to the highlights and see it. Nathan McKinnon was skating along right around center ice, and he had his head down. He had just received the puck, and I think was just unloading the puck. So he had the puck. He was a legal target. Okay. All right. Uh, Ronaldo comes along. Oh. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that name. Yeah. Okay. But it was an open ice hit, actually a clean hit. Okay. If it's clean, that's good. And McKinnon goes down. Uh, <laughs> Gerard comes along and goes after, not really goes after, but comes up to Ronaldo and almost, you know, he doesn't actually, you know, he's still got his gloves on. You know, he's, he just, I think, just wants to holler at him. Just like, like, hey. Hey, what's that? Now, it was a legal hit. And one thing I don't like is when players react badly to uh, what is a legal hit. There was a, a huge uh, Reeves hit in the Pittsburgh game a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it immediately turned into a fight afterwards. It's yeah. frustrating. The yeah. Columbus-Pittsburgh game, that's what it was. And that's how this started, too. <laughs> but yeah. it started in a kind of shocking way. So Gerard is coming up to Ronaldo. And he's just approaching him. What he doesn't see is with his right hand, Ronaldo is shaking the glove off, and he spins around and he just totally sucker punch Cole Coxon. Really? Just right out of the blue, and boom, down goes Gerard. He's down. Really? Now, McKinnon was down too, and not totally on his knees, but when he got hit uh, by Ronaldo, he went down, you know, kind of hands on his knees, and he was slow to stand mm-hmm. up again. So he wasn't doing well. And now right beside him, you've got Gerard who's flat on his face or down on his knees after having been punched by Ronaldo. So McKinnon, by then, has recovered his senses, and he goes after Ronaldo, but he never really gets to him. He gets uh, tied up with a bunch of other people. There's a whole mess over by the bench. And eventually uh, McKinnon ends up uh, fighting with Archibald and drops him. 
puts him down. And McKinnon's a big boy. Yeah, he's strong. Too. Yeah, so he wrestles him to the ground and maybe gets one in on him before they come and break it up. So at the end of it all, Ronaldo never got a penalty for the hit on McKinnon. Again, he shouldn't have. It was a clean hit. I hope he got a penalty for suckering Gerard. No. Oh, yeah. He, well, yeah, he got five in a game. Or he got five in a 10-minute misconduct, sorry, for that mm. part. Yeah. No, I've never been a fan yeah. of Ronaldo. Nathan McKinnon, five in a 10, misconduct. Uh, Josh Archibald, who got the worst of the McKinnon fight, he got five and a ten. And Eric Johnson got two minutes for roughing and five minutes for fighting. And after all those penalties happened, within the next four minutes, Colorado scored four unanswered goals. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So whatever it did, it lit a fire under the Colorado bench, and they went on a tear, and they ended up winning the game 6-2. Wow. And the difference in that game was four goals, those four goals that they scored between 10 minutes and 14 minutes into the second period. Jeez. I thought that was uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was the uh, last night's scores. Now, I wrote that on the back of something else I wanted to talk about just briefly. What I have with me are reproductions of the score sheets from the oh, cool. the two NHL games that were held on the 19th of December in 1917. Mm. And they were commemorated on Tuesday with an, uh, with an afternoon game that Toronto played. Was it Toronto and Carolina, was it? Uh, yeah, and Toronto wore the throwback Toronto Arenas. Arenas jersey. jersey. Which I really like. I, I don't, love have, those. You like them too? I love them. We didn't discuss this. No, yeah. we didn't. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of the Toronto jerseys, but I actually really like those a lot. Yeah, yeah, they were really, really nice. And they had the nice, like the white stripes on the sleeves and, yep. and the same Leafs blue, I think, that we're used to. But it had arenas written across mm. with the big T. I, I love the jerseys. They were great. Yep. And Toronto did well in the game. They were like 8-1 or something. something they, like they something just, crazy they like just that. Cleaned up. Poor darling. Yeah, they wanted to have it with a bunch <coughs> of kids around, uh, kids that would kids, essentially yeah. play, skip school yeah. and, and go to the game <laughs> rather than have to spend $200 for a ticket that night out of mm-hmm. their allowance money and try to go to a night game on a school night. So Couldn't ask for a better result. Yeah. yeah. And it commemorated the, uh, the two original games that were both held on the 19th of December in uh, 1917. And one was the Toronto Arenas that played in Montreal against the Wanderers, and the Arenas lost that game 10-9. 10-9? 10-9. What? Yeah, ten nine. Did defense not exist back then? <laughs> well, probably not. Like back then, they had weird rules. Like you, you couldn't you couldn't make a forward pass, and your captain always had to be on the ice or some stupid thing like that. Or <laughs> and goalies couldn't go down. They had to stay on their skates. Yeah, goalie could not go to his knees or or lay on the ice or st- you know do a pad stack or anything. In fact, one of the earlier um, officials or or executives in the NHL. When it came time to address this issue of goalies having to stand up all the time and not able to, to you know, do all they could do, yeah. uh, he, I think it was around 1920, he said, oh, look, I don't care what the goalies do. Let, let's get rid of that stupid rule. I don't care if they stand on their head. Yeah. You know, as long, let's let them try to stop the puck. And ever since then, the, the expression standing on your head uh, for exceptional effort by a goalie has Dominic been... Dominic Tim yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, these guys are standing on their head. Not <laughs> physically, but it came from that original saying. That's from, interesting. I don't know if it was Conn Smythe or somebody, you know, someone way, way back. That's pretty cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And also in that same night, the uh, Canadians and Senators played, the earlier Ottawa mm, Senators. I do and, know the score for that. Yeah, 7-4 to four for Montreal, and that game was in Ottawa. But here's the interesting take. The Ottawa game, the attendance is listed in Ottawa at 6,000. Six six thousand. Okay, that's uh, that's pretty good. I think is it? I think it's great, especially when you compare it to the other. I game. guess you need to take into consideration the size of the arena. Yeah, a hundred years ago, compared to the other game, the one in Montreal where the Wanderers hosted the arenas. Okay, seven hundred. Oh. Seven hundred. 
I've had more people watch me play hockey at games, I think, than you have than, than that probably, game. And they probably <laughs> went away a lot happier. Yeah, ten yeah. nine game, seven hundred people watch that. Is that is there an overtime in those games? Or does that end regulation? Uh, it looks like it ended in regulation. I okay. see in the score sheet there's only provision for three periods and then oh. the total. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, that's things were different back then. Mm. But I just thought it was neat to look at those original score sheets. They came from the NHL archives, the, those sheets. Cool. I found that's them awesome. online, downloaded them. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Alrighty. Now, this is the other thing I telegraphed earlier that uh, we wanted to talk about a bit. The rest can wait because uh, if we're getting low on time. What's your time looking like? Uh, one hour and... 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, we're probably getting to the near the end, but um, I want to talk about another website. I've talked about The Athletic a lot and how much I like it, and I still do, obviously, but there's another site I discovered earlier this week, and it's called The Players' Tribune. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, The Players' Tribune was a website for all professional sports players, not just hockey, and it was founded by Derek Jeter, who's a former New York Yankees yes, uh, superstar. one of the best uh, players of all time. One of the best of all time. Yep. We have a connection to Derek Jeter. Oh, do we? We do. We do. This will be good. Let me guess. 14th. We have the same 14th great-grandfather, 71 times removed. Not quite. Uh, our cousin, Jason Dixon. Yes, who? Was, was a pitcher for the Anaheim Angels. Yep. And his very first game in the majors, uh, he, they started him in Yankee Stadium. And the leadoff man was Derek Jeter. Oh, no. And Jason Dixon, who's from Mirror Machine, New Brunswick, his very first pitch, Derek Jeter whacked it over the fence. Home run. Oops. That's the bad news. Okay. The good news, that's the only run the Yankees scored in that whole game. Ah. Jason went on and won that game. Good for and him. And he was named an All-Star, an American League All-Star that year for the All-Star oh, game. Oh, cool. So there. That, good for him. Is that better than you thought the story was well, going to be? What's he doing these days? Uh, he's actually uh, living back in New Brunswick, and he's involved with baseball in New Brunswick and a few oh. other uh, sporting ventures, so he's cool. very active in uh, continuing to pass on uh, what he's learned. Awesome. So it's great. Him and Matt Stairs, who was a oh, very... Oh, yeah, Matt Stairs, yeah. Matt Stairs is very... He was in, uh, in Fredericton, doesn't he? Yep. Matt Stairs from Tate Creek, actually, just outside Fredericton, and he was a uh, uh, pinch hitter, I think, the last of it for, or a DH, uh, in the last few years. Yeah, uh, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto yeah. and you know, Philadelphia Phillies for a while, uh, Great hitter. Yeah. And became a hitting coach uh, after that. All right. So uh, Derek Jeter started the Players' Tribune, and there are hockey players who contribute to this in their own words. So it's it's not a, an article about a hockey player. It's a hockey player who writes for the Tribune. Yeah, they're, they're hockey player bloggers. Yeah. And it's really great. And I've read several stories. Some of them we're going to share with the fans uh, yeah. post to post over the coming weeks. But this one here I thought was great. Mark Shifley writing about what he thinks are the six scariest players to face in the NHL. And uh, so I'm going to, with, with your permission, I'm going to read a few excerpts. Please, yes. Alrighty. Number one, Eric Carlson. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And here's what Shifley has to say about Eric Carlson. Unbelievable. The true definition of a two-way defenseman. In the playoffs, the guy was playing with a fractured heel bone, and he was still the best player in the ice. I really can't even comprehend it. Obviously, your foot is locked into the boot and probably wrapped with five pounds of tape, but I know that every time he was taking a stride, it had to be excruciating. And yet somehow he's out there flying around, making it all look effortless. It just shows his character and mental toughness. His playoff run was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen. I mean, 18 points in 19 games and a plus 13 with a fractured heel? Come on. Mm, it's true. Yeah, it's one of the most amazing performances uh, out of any injured player. Amazing. In, in the history of the NHL. Number two, Carey Price. 
Really? Yeah. I will gladly embarrass myself for the sake of this article, as long as you guys are retweeting this. I remember during my second career in the or second year in the league, we were playing up in Montreal. Obviously, you know, going in against Price that you're going to send need some high-quality chances. So at some point during the game, I got the puck in the high slot, and I got a step on the defenseman and pulled around him. I got a clear lane, perfect scoring opportunity, just me and Price. And I got everything on the shot. Sometimes you just know right as it's coming off your stick. And as this one is coming off my stick, I'm thinking, that's bar down. <laughs> I'm almost mentally getting ready to celebrate. Then I look up, and all I see is red. Carrie's standing straight up in perfect position, and the puck hits him square in the chest. Not only does it hit him square in the chest, but it hits him and then drops right into his glove. And then he calmly hands it to the ref. He never went down uh, into the butterfly. Literally 99 out of 100 goalies <laughs> would have gone down in that situation. But Carey is so smart that he reads exactly what you're going to do in a fraction of a second. He's so good that he'll make you look like an idiot. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just taking a piece of that because there's more. And, he's, and he talks mm -hmm. about Carey Price being a very, very keen student of the game and of each player. Mm. Carey Price will know the trends that each player has and it, what he's likely to do. He does his homework. Does his homework. I wish he'd do more homework on Alexander Vechkin. Me too. Uh, number three, Sidney Crosby. Not, not a surprise. Okay. And, uh, so I could easily post that a clip of Sid one-handing a backhander top shelf against Buffalo, and then we could all go home. But, <laughs> but that's not what I appreciate most about his game. The highlights are the highlights. They're unreal. You've seen them. For me, though, I watch Sid more than any other player, and it's his mental consistency that blows my mind. Every time he's rushing the puck and a defenseman jumps into the rush behind him, I say to myself, is he going to see him? There's no way he's going to see him. And then, of course, he sees him every single time. This is something that goes above and beyond stats. 99.9% .9 of the time, Sid makes the right decision with the puck. As a player, I can't tell you how hard it is to have that kind of vision. You see what he does on TV and he makes it look so simple, but when you're at ice level, things are really chaotic. Everything's moving so fast around you. Mm. Maybe there's ruts in the ice, maybe there's a defenseman stepping up on you, or you're getting hacked from behind. You're looking down at the puck in your periphery, you're trying to process where your teammates are, and you're trying to do all this at full speed to be able to make the right decision every time like Sid does. Your brain has to be a supercomputer. Mm. It's true. I don't think anyone on the ice has better vision than Sidney Crosby. No. Yeah. Number uh, five, Roman Yossi. Oh, okay, that's a good one. There's a sense of common poise about his play that, that he has in common with Carlson, but I think there's also something a lot of people don't realize. Yossi's just a pain in the butt to play against. <laughs> he cross-checks you, he hits you, he wears you down, he'll beat you senseless for 30 seconds, you're in their zone, <laughs> and then when Nashville gains possession, he'll jump up as the fourth man in the rush. That's rare. Usually guys who play with that kind of an edge in the D zone don't have the energy to jump up into the rush. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, Roman, I love Roman Yossi. Yeah. And last is Connor McDavid. Last but not least, obviously, mm. Connor McDavid. The fastest guy in the league, the best hands in the league, amazing hockey sense, and he's 20 years old. That's pretty scary. I remember the first time I saw Connor skate in person, I was like, okay, the guy was just born different. He's genetically <laughs> superior. He was created in a hockey lab. <laughs> I mean, he's taking the same amount of strides as everyone else. He's wearing the same skates as everybody else, and somehow he's going twice as fast. There's not a single <laughs> NHL team that has figured out how to handle his speed on the rush. Hmm. So really interesting stuff from a from a hockey player who's a geek of hockey himself. Yeah, huge like, hockey fan. Like Shifley is the biggest fan, and and early in the parts I didn't read, he goes home at night and just watches highlights all the time. Like he's he's a super he's hockey. A, he's fan. obsessed like us. He's obsessed. You know, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, so I thought they were great. Uh, we have a couple of great Las Vegas stories to talk about maybe next time or the time after. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe we could make a video about that because it's such an important story uh, about Vegas. Uh, that maybe it should be its own video so people can yeah. find it easier. The larger story is uh, uh, David Perron and how he was chosen yep. and what he went through as being drafted in the expansion by Las Vegas and, and how he adapted to the team and played. And it's a wonderful story, and it's worth more than the short little piece it would get today. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. And the other one, if there's time in that one, is Derek Engeland, who's uh, also with Las Vegas, and he's got... Uh, a much more human and touching story, mm. especially how he met his girlfriend and yeah, his it's, wife. It's, it's a funny it's story. fantastic. Another thing, just for the future, this is my last contribution today. Okay. Um, one thing that, that, and you think it's a great idea, and I'm glad you do, but this is something we're working on, and I'm working on it right now, is how to help fans follow their hockey teams in the air. Yeah, because uh, there are all kinds of sites, like FlightAware and others, where you can track planes, where they are, what their departure time is, what their estimated arrival times are, what city or state they're over, what country they're like. You can track everything. Yeah. And we want to show you, or more specifically, you want to show them uh, how you can do that. Yeah, how you can track planes that have your teams in them, mm. you know, you, and, and what airports they use. Yeah. And, and why they use the airports that they do. I think just being an, an aviation geek that I am. Exactly. Mash that into some hockey and have some fun in a future show. Totally, yeah. So it's, I don't... I don't think anyone else on YouTube is uh, is going to do that idea. And if they, they did do the idea, I know they wouldn't do it as good as you because yeah. you're the man. You're, you're too kind. That's why you're the goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this probably wraps up this podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening or watching. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Hopefully you enjoyed that chess uh, logo that I put up there earlier. If you're listening, uh, hopefully you can uh, go uh, on Google and Google that and uh, have a look for yourself. Um, if you're new to, to Post to Post, hope you can hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel and help us grow. Hit the like button if you liked it. Leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And uh, I hope just everyone has a, a really happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Um, hope Hopefully everyone had got some time with their family and uh, had some laughs and good food. And uh, yeah, just 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 had some fun. Good mm -hmm. old Christmas fun. So yeah. Thanks guys for watching. Appreciate it. Now we're going to go film our Christmas mail time special very shortly after this so uh, thank you uh, in advance to everyone who sent in a letter we're really looking forward to hearing your stories reading where you're from who you cheer for and why uh, that's really exciting I can't wait to do that so uh, mail times come the video is coming soon keep an eye out for that thank you very much for watching and listening and we'll see you next one adios